Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 34 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We are very glad you're joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and small group coaching and one-on-one coaching to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Hey, good to be here. Well, this week's topic is the history of reparations for African Americans from the 19th century through today. Earlier this week, on Tuesday, January 17th, as a matter of fact, um, I published um, an article in our We Are Speaking Substack publication called The History of 40 Acres and a Mule for African Americans. A must read. <laughs> it is definitely a must read. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Because it talks about the fir- very first time reparations were attempted for formerly enslaved African Americans. And this was be- even before the Civil War ended. This was in January of 1865. And this is where the, the phrase 40 acres and a mule came from. The, uh, general, um, let me see. Sherman. General, General Sherman, if, and, and if you remember the history that you were allowed to learn, General Sherman had just finished his march to the sea, burning down cities and, and, and a lot of Atlanta. And it was just a matter of time before the Union declared victory over the Confederate States. And so he, what he did, he gathered some African American leaders at the time, including a, a minister, because most of the people that he met with, most of the African Americans that he met with were ministers or otherwise leaders of that area. And he, he, he asked them, what do you want when the war is over? And they said they wanted to be free from discrimination from white people. They wanted to own their own land because as you know, in that, in that time, most people were farmers, especially in the South. And this, America was an agricultural society. And the only way to build wealth was by owning land. The original Constitution only thought citizens should be white, male, Christian landowners. And that stayed in effect for a couple of, a couple of decades after the Constitution took effect. So in those days, owning land was the way to generate wealth for yourself and your family. And so what General Sherman did, um, was decide to give 400,000 acres divided up among uh, hundreds of, of black families, the Confederates, four hundred thousand right. acres of land along the um, Atlantic Ocean in Confederate states, right. and so when it was divided up, it came up to be about forty acres per family. That's where forty acres came from. 
the uh, Union Army also had some mules which were being retired from service in the Army, and he was going to give those to the families also. So that's where 40 acres and a mule came from. Of course, as soon what happened was that was going to go into effect in February, March of 1865. It on, and then the war, uh, uh, the war ended, well, the, the, the Confederate general surrendered on April 4th. Lee. Uh, well, yeah, it was Lee, well, it wasn't Lee who surrendered, it was somebody else who surrendered, but anyway, uh, surrendered and it was going into effect. The Union generals were going to help to divide up the land. But then on April 14th, as you know, Abraham Lincoln was shot. And he died on April 15th, and his vice president, who was a white supremacist and a segregationist, immediately rescinded what was called Field Order Number 15, which is the order that General Sherman gave, made in January 16th of 1865, to divide up that 400,000 acres into small parcels for the black people. He immediately rescinded that and gave that land back to their Confederate landowners. So we are still waiting for our 40 acres and a mule, and we are still waiting for reparations. The Japanese were given reparations, their descendants, their family and descendants. Okay, so, and he's going to talk about that. But that's where the, that, that's the history of it. And that was the first time that reparations were Almost given, almost given, and it almost succeeded in 1865, right before the begin, right before the end of the Civil War. So, Keith, go ahead. Yeah, the the subject of reparations um, has always been, not surprisingly, very contentious in this country. Once again, not surprisingly, because white people don't want to give anything back. Uh, giving th- and that's a broad subject, but to white people in power, to the white government, white leaders, the reason. Being that once again, that's to confess that something was wrong. Right, right. Once they agreed to say we have to give reparations, because if you look at the definition of reparations, and look this up, what are reparations? Reparations are the act or process of making amends for a wrong, according to for making amends for a wrong, according to the United Nations. Adequate, effective, and prompt reparations is intended to promote justice by redressing gross violations of international human rights law or serious violations of international humanitarian law. Slavery fits all that. So that is one of the that the Holocaust, other things, are among the, the the most glaring examples of something that should be dealt with. Right. There's, a, there's an obvious in need of reparation. Right. And there's no way to argue that, but it has been perverted by those who are opposed to it as a, as a giveaway, right? Saints not and not, a redistribution and a re- of wealth, redistribution of wealth, not unlike how Republicans Republicans now are trying to deal with Social Security and Medicare. It's a giveaway. Why are we giving this to something? It's not a giveaway. And it's, and just like and speaking of giveaway and and bringing it up to the present, the Republicans are calling Social Security and Medicare and probably entitlements, and they are not entitlements. They are insurance. People who get Social Security and Medicare paid on those premiums all their life. They worked for that money the right. same way the former slaves worked for that land. Right. And, and not only that, the exactly, that's exactly true. That's and, the whole that's point. Right. And, and, but the, also the reparation, we're talking about the economic value of it. We're talking, we need to remember that going back to the beginning, America was founded on white supremacy and hatred. Right. Without white supremacy and hatred and the falling of those beliefs, America, as we know it, the United States would not exist. Right, right. And that's what people don't want to face. Everything that America has become was built on lies, white supremacy, and hatred. 
and, and murder the, and, and with all that together and genocide right but I'm saying that's all part of the same thing right, that's right. What was, and what that means is when you look at cotton was the first big economic crop okay cotton was picked by, by cotton was picked and by tobacco slag, and cotton and tobacco but primary cotton, cotton was king right, right. cotton is king and so cotton was picked by slaves which is free labor so the, the, the entire economy that we we're benefiting from now was built on free labor. Then you move up to what Pam was just talking about in that great post, 40 Acres and a Mule. That was partially a redress right. of all the free labor that slaves had provided that built the country. Right. When we talk about America was built on the backs of slaves, that's literal. Exactly. That exactly happened. But then, as, as you just described... What happened is then Abraham Lincoln was murdered. Right. His vice president took over, and that completely destroyed that. So we never got that. But again, this is, we're talking about reparations today. That's to make whole, that was a promise that right. was made. Right. We never got that. So that was the first big setback. We weren't able to catch up on wealth building because the first shot at it was shot down right. because of white supremacy and racism. You, you look at the the Native Americans. Right. Again, their land was stolen from them. Right. And then every con- promise that was ever made to them, every treaty, just, every treaty was broken, and they were put on reservations, which is with the worst, prop- basically the land that nobody else wanted. Right. And they said, "Okay, we'll put you guys on this territory." So you set them back. You, then and you, just ahead. not to interrupt you, but speaking of the Native Americans, because I I read somewhere this week the bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed. Some Native American reservations are because of that are getting electricity for the first time in 2023. For 150 years, they have not had electricity on the reservations, and and now they they showed pictures of it and everything of them putting up electricity poles and all of that to bring electricity to some of these Native American reservations now after all, all of this time. time. And see, that's and that's again why when we talk about reparations, like a lot of other words in our language, they've become they become electrified. I right. mean, they've, right. that's the word I'm looking for. But they basically become politicized because it's come to mean something negative. Right. But when you look at what, which is a horrific example, what Pam just said about how in the way, you wouldn't even think it's possible. Right. That in this country, there's something that an entire, not, not a house right. or a neighborhood, but an entire uh, separate nation mm-hmm. really, has gone completely without power where all the other surroundings right. have power. But once again, reparations. We, but look, and when the people are, why it cannot be done? Right. And what happened with the Jap- with the Japanese Americans? And this, they, what was this in the the law that was a law that was passed in eighteen? No, I'm sorry, nineteen. Let me go back and get the eight nineteen eighty eight. Right. The Civil Liberties Act of nineteen eighty eight. Where where this this law it gave survi- Japanese Americans who were uh, survivors from when they were um, put into oh, what do you call it? Uh, the, they, they were put into concentration, concentration camps. camps. That's right. The Japanese Americans were put into concentration camps because they were Japanese mm-hmm. or, or Japanese descent during World War Two. Even though they were American, even though American citizens, and that so that they, but they were given you know uh, they were given twenty surviving Japanese Americans were given twenty thousand dollars in reparations and a formal apology right from President Reagan because you have to remember when they. And, and rounded up is the right phrase. Mm-hmm. When they were rounded up, they had to leave their homes, right. their businesses, everything. everything. Right. And, and, and whatever they could do, just pack a suitcase right. and, and we're going to ship you hundreds of miles away from your and home. It wasn't like it was, like it was maintained for them while they were gone. Right. Well, you no, know, some people did maintain. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, that's a good story that a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. Some of the, some of their neighbors, including a lot of their Jewish oh, neighbors, helped, you know, maintain their property until they could come back. And that's but great. that wasn't for everybody. Right. Though. And also it wasn't the government that did And that. it wasn't the government. Was, it was, it was just good neighbors. 
important distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, very important distinction. But but what happens? So when you when you have that, number one, there's proof positive that it can happen because it did happen. Right. But also, you look at. Well, I'm sure that many in the government are looking at this. They're looking at the scale. Right. Because you're looking at the survivors of the concentration camps in, in uh, uh, Japanese-American mm-hmm. survivors versus the descendants of slaves. Right. The bill is much, much, much higher. Right, exactly. Okay. And, and so, and so, because there, it was, it was just, it was $20,000 in cash. That, the big, which isn't that much, actually. Not much. But if you multiply, if, if they said, okay, African Americans get 20000 which is not much, as you said, but that multiplied by African American descendants, mm-hmm. it would break the bank. Right. But there's also many discussions about how this should be done, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. point is, without descending into all, because a lot of arguments about should it be made, should we be made whole by by housing by whatever mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and the and the discussions right here in Detroit right. and I understand Philadelphia is having the same discussion other cities and states but we have a reparations task force right. in Detroit again and they're appointing members this year to the task force again mm-hmm. to, because on uh, the local story in Detroit as in so many other cities where there's large African American population the history of discrimination is huge right and, and speaking mm-hmm. of and speaking of that speaking of different events that that spurred Talks of reparation and, tr- and speaking of events, yeah, yeah. the Tulsa, yeah, right, the, right. The, the Tulsa massacre. Right. They used to call it a race riot. It wasn't a race right. riot. It, it was, was a massacre. massacre. And n- not only did they slaughter about three hundred people, about thirty thousand African Americans were displaced. All of their businesses, all their businesses were destroyed. That was the very first time Americans planes bombed an American city, and this was in in nineteen twenty one. And believe it or not, there are still a couple of survivors from the Tulsa massacre. There's a, a, a woman and a man. They're 105 and 107 years old, and they're still alive. And they were, as a matter of fact, they were sent to Ghana, and they were and they were given Ghanaian citizenship. And at their age, they traveled to Ghana and back. But they ha- there has been talk of reparations for those descendants because what happens is when you destroy everything, then you're destroying the possibility of generational wealth. And when all of those black businesses were destroyed, then there's nothing for their descendants. And so in Tulsa, they're trying to get some kind of reparations there for the descendants of, of that. Right. Like but, said, but again, like I said, like you said, it's, it's such a, a small amount of people. And, 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 and comparatively. And, right. They're moving in other areas because Detroit like I said, is dealing with that. Philadelphia is dealing with that in the same way of looking at what happened. Right. And Tulsa, which was the, is the, once again a glaring example, but this is also interesting because they're they're looking at giving them. What's funny is they're looking at giving them reparations for the massacre, right? But not for slavery, exactly. And the massacre happened because, as a direct result of slavery, Greenwood was very prosperous. And this, and it's important to point out because the. the they were able to be a prosperous, segregated. Mm-hmm. You can, they had by, to be segregated. Right, that's what I'm saying. Not on purpose, but by design of the white community. Mm-hmm. But they inspired, inspired that to have their own pharmacies, their own doctors, their own legal community, their own stores, because of what they had to do. And they were prosperous. They had doctors, lawyers, banks. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? So they, they were making some progress despite. So they said, we have to bomb this right. place. And was Rosewood, I think, in Florida? Was it that like, Rosewood in Florida. Florida, a, a similar place. Mm-hmm. Was once again, but they weren't to the level of Tulsa, but it was, it was the same thing. Another community that was doing well. And so, and there's no reparations in the process there. But again, 
They they look at Tulsa, which and by all rights should get reparations, right? But they but the thing of it is is that this is focusing on the microcosm, the small. They say, well, let's see if we can take care of Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Like I say, well, let's see if we can take care of Detroit. Yeah, you should, but. Right. You need to take care of the entire situation. And what people don't want to face is that until you deal with the root mm -hmm. cause, you can't look at a dying tree and say, well, let's take care of this one leaf. Right. And and say, well, then, then we're all good. Mm -hmm. If the tree is dying, you've got a problem. Right. And and that's what's happening with reparations, with the need to address. Right. And, and, the, and the conflict we're seeing now with ultra-right, Right wing, or white right wing people versus the, is that when they look at what was that project by the New York Times report, the 16, 1619 project. project and, and the rebellion against that. And it's because the, what they don't understand is, is as painful as it can be. The truth is cleansing. Right. Once you're able to deal with what happened. And really acknowledge that nobody's saying we're, you know, all white people should get on these and crawl, mm -hmm. and then, which is what they try to portray it right. as, or whatever they're trying to make us feel bad. It's not a matter of trying to make anybody. It's like this is, is what, what happened. happened, and this is and this is what they what they eventually did in South Africa with the Truth and Re right. Reconciliation Commission. Right. I think it was called a commission. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and what they had to do was number one admit. That there was all That's of this right. discrimination. That's, right. That's what the that truth. That was the truth part, and the reconciliation was the reparations part. And it was not easy. And they're still de they're still dealing with that. Oh, they have made, made they have, but, but that's that's also because it lasted for so long. And so same thing here. And this is why they don't want to deal with the 1619 project because they don't want to admit that American discrimination started the minute people came to this country right. back in 1619. Right. And white people want to say, well, America started in 1776. No. 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 America started back in, in, in 1619. And, and because it didn't even start with Christopher Columbus, he never even set foot on this country. And I was reminded of that during my, another one that I published when they were talking about all of the discussion about making Martin Luther King's birthday a national holiday. Some of the white people, including Strom Thurmond and all of that, said, but he's a private citizen. We don't give holidays for private citizens, completely forgetting that there has been a legal federal holiday for Christopher Columbus, who is not only not a, a, a private citizen, he never even set foot on this land. But they're going to give him a federal holiday, knowing that uh, he massacred people, killed people, take, took people away from the area in the Caribbean, took them back over to Europe to be slaves. And all of that. And so he didn't discover America. Number one, he never set foot on America. Number two, American people were already here. Yeah, he didn't but even know where he was. He thought he, 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 thought he was in India. And But you can give him a national federal holiday, but you can't give an American citizen a national holiday. So all of this is wrapped up together. And it took, it took decades to get that um, uh, national holiday for Martin Luther King mm -hmm. completed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the and that's really cool. it, it all, right, all this stuff fits. And, mm -hmm. and, and again, I think, and I think that's why we're really at this crossroads now. Because you look back, you talk about how long it takes. All for, all for all these generations, the people knew the truth, but it was sat upon. Right. There was an effort, but obviously there was no 1619 project. When I was a kid, our, the history books, they were in my classroom, mm -hmm. the, the talking about what really happened. And there may be one picture of one slave or something, but there was no real discussion in the classroom unless you had, like, like the teacher you had in class. Right. Who was, but, but basically, 
in classrooms. This was not a big topic of discussion about what happened. I mean, if it wasn't that long ago, when didn't even when nobody. It wasn't even popularly known, rather, about right. what happened in Greenwood. Right. I know that was, that was, they purposely tried to make sure no, nobody ever found it. They tried to wipe that out, out so nobody mm-hmm. would find out about it. And then to try and rewrite what happened with the Holocaust, rewrite what happened because they don't want people to find out. Well, what's happening now is, is that they, they're not able to hold back the tide much right. longer. The reason, but when you have stories like the 1619 project where the, where the, the scholarship and the effort is so, Strong right. that you can't, and that you can't burn it anymore. And that's when you have the effort by the right wing to say, "Well, if we can't burn it, we'll lie about it, or choose not to allow it to right, be right, caught." Exactly, right, which and is what's that, happening in Florida, which is so what's happening say, yeah. in Florida and other places. And it was just so hypocritical on Martin Luther King Day for all of these Republicans to pull out their favorite Martin Luther King quote, but yet on the other hand, they're going right back to their legislature or their state governments and erasing Martin Luther. Some, some, some in Virginia. And in Florida, they don't even allow the teaching about Martin Luther King. Right. right. But yet they're going to turn around and quote him on Martin Luther King Day. But that's how they're trying to erase the actual history. 1619 uh, t- tells the actual history of what happened way before 1776. Right. They don't want to know that. They act like America just sprung up in 1776 and, and nothing happened before that. Rather than realizing what happened before that and how we got to 1776 and even more importantly after the revolutionary war was won um first of all there was the articles of confederation which did not work because it was all different states and then they finally had to come back together and write the constitution of the united states and how that happened with different founding fathers with who with all of their flaws and failings were also very brilliant men but they were also men of their time, which is why the original Constitution, these people who talk about being originalists, the original right. Constitution was written for white male Christian landowners. landowners. No one else was considered an American citizen. So you have to take the good with the bad. And this is what we're saying. You can't just say America is great and talk about all the good things that are happening. You have to talk about Thomas Jefferson, who was brilliant. Brilliant, but he was also a slave owner, an adulterer, a pedophile. Um, Sally Hemings was only 13, 14 years old when she started having his children. Okay, so you have to tell the, the whole, whole story. The whole story, you know, and I think, and, and also to include all the brilliant people. Right. There were so many African Americans whose stories they tried to suppress. Right. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, either who were the ones who actually discovered something. Right. You know, or who were part of the process or involved, and so we need to tell that. And that's part when they talk about the American experiment, which is democracy. And that's one thing which is, 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 it's, it's phenomenal. Oh, we mm-hmm. don't really have truth, but we're, it's, it's always, it's always evolving because right. democracy goes against the power, the interests of the powerful. Right. Exactly. Yes, that's why, that's why mm-hmm. the right wing doesn't like, that's, right, the, right. that's, they, that's why they don't like democracy because it's, democracy means for everyone. For everyone. And they don't want anything mm-hmm. that's for everyone. Right. And, and the funny thing is even the, the right wing, most of which don't benefit from this. Right. Because right. there's only so many people, the 0.01%. Right. Right, exactly. So you have people who who are working on the line, and in mm-hmm. fact, who are defending this. Right. And you got to wonder what they're defending. They know what they're really defending. But that's part of the experiment in terms of one person, one vote, mm-hmm. to whatever, mm-hmm. and representing the interests of the people in, the, in elections and and the free the, the transfer of power, the peaceful transfer of power, right. which was just challenged or is challenged by Trump for the first time ever. 
But also, the other part of the American experiment is the multiculturalism. Right, which you is know, what they, they, hate. They, they hate. And there's no other nation on earth. You look at China, Chinese, right. Japan, multi-Japanese, and many other you know countries. You have other countries where cultures have immigrated there, etc. But to the degree of the United States, because of the immigration mm-hmm. from the earliest time, right. it is a complete experiment. It's and and this is what people don't... While they're talking about, while they are denigrating immigrants, for example, people, except for the Native Americans, America is a nation of immigrants. And someone said, we are all descended from immigrants, whether by choice or by change. Okay. And and I think that's such a great statement Mm -hmm. because when the Africans were stolen from the continent and brought over here in chains, they essentially were immigrants because they were not net. Right. The only people who are native to this country were the Native and American Native, nations. It, right. Everyone else is a descendant of an immigrant by choice or by right. change. Right. And I want to leave enough time to talk about reparations in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But the new governor of Maryland, Wes Moore, right. Right. he put out a great statement on LinkedIn, I think it was, where it was a picture of his mother and the mother of his uh, lieutenant governor. Both of their parents, the governor and the lieutenant governor, mm-hmm. they are first generation. Okay. Both of their parents came over here for, as immigrants for a better life. Mm-hmm. Wes Moore's family came from Jamaica and his lieutenant governor, her parents came from India. And there was a picture of his mother and her mother mm-hmm. together watching them be inaugurated. And he just put, he just set up these, they, they were immigrants who came to this country mm-hmm. to make a better life and look at what happened with their children. Right. That's the same thing we're talking about with the people who are trying to come over here now. They are, they are coming over here to rob you or take your jobs or anything. They are escaping persecution, economic and physical persecution. They're trying to come here for a better life. Right. And what they forget is because there was a time when the Irish were hated. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the Italians were hated. But now it's the brown people. Right. Exactly. That, that's and the problem. That's, and that's the distinction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to get, you know, the, the Haitians and versus the, the difference in, in Florida, the difference between the way the Cubans, more largely white Cubans versus the Haitians. Right. The treatment, I was there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's glaring. Oh, yeah. In terms of difference, mm-hmm. in terms of how mm-hmm. they, because once again, you're looking at the color mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's what we're looking at now. We're, we're, we're looking at, we're talking immigrants. We need to look at all immigrants. Right. You know, right. The, all these people are coming here for opportunity. Right. You can't talk about, let's get the opportunity to the descendants from Sweden. Right, which is exactly what Trump said. Right. Exactly what he said. But really quickly, he talked about reparations that Detroit is trying to give to the descendants of the people who who were displaced, whose businesses were destroyed by the Interstate 375, Black Bottom and Paradise Valley. Yeah, what's that with 375? And it actually extends beyond 375 with the commission. But they kind of established that commission to look about reparations for all Detroit. Right. For what's happened. But 375... Is a branch of I seventy five. A branch of I seventy five, and basically the people who live in Detroit area know that that area was the uh, Black Bottom and also Paradise, uh, Paradise Valley. Mm-hmm. Paradise Valley was the entertainment section. Right, Black Bottom was and it was it was basically the the, the, the green kind of the Greenwood exactly, section of Detroit. Exactly, was, exactly. They had all the entertainment, all the doctors, all the lawyers in the neighborhood, businesses, and businesses, all of everything was at there. It was paved over. You know, by by three seventy five. Mm-hmm. They they never got they never got anything for their homes that were raised right, right. for their businesses that were destroyed. destroyed. And so That's now, because right. uh, we're running out of time, but so we'll we'll address, we'll come back to this. But right now, as here in Detroit, as they're trying to redo three seventy five, they are looking not only to give reparations of some kind, economic, hopefully, to the descendants of those people who own those homes and business, but also open up the opportunity 
all the way around for people in that area. Right, right. That's where the debate is. The, right. the, the, the degree to which the reparations have to be to really satisfy right. what was taken. Right. But you're right. right. That's that's going to be. And and again, this is truth and re- and reconciliation right. on a much smaller scale than the entire country of South right. Africa. But it's the same process. Right. First, you have to admit. And this is what our white mayor has done. Mm -hmm. This is what you have to admit happened. Now, how can we fix it? And how can we reconcile? And so it's it's so funny because Detroit being an 85% black city with a white mayor, they were talking about the black, uh, when they're talking about overall how many black mayors there are of large cities, they have to leave out Detroit because we've got a white mayor. But because they were talking about New York and, and, and Chicago and now L.A. and all of that. But Detroit does not have a black mayor. And but nobody in the black delegation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. No, 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 no black people in the. Well, no, yes, yes, we do. We have one black person in the. John James. Oh well, I meant somebody that counted. But okay, yeah. <laughs> but the whole. But but the point is, is that he, here in Detroit, the one of the worst things that was done was to raise the black. When I say raise, I mean with with oh, bulldozers, with, with bulldozers, um, and wipe out all of that black, all of that black wealth, all of those black businesses, that black community, those homes that were owned. And that happened in the late fifties. It wasn't until the seventies, the, the the later sixties and seventies, that black people were able to even buy homes in other areas because there there were covenant restrictions about selling to, to black people. And it wasn't until the white flight at the end of the 60s and 70s that black people could even buy homes if they had the money. Right. And also at that time, we were fighting redlining because black people were, no, no matter how good their credit was, no matter how good everything else was, they weren't given the loans. So we'll talk about that at another time. But we wanted to talk about the history of reparations all the way back to 1865, and, and, you know, all the way up to where it is today. So we'll, we'll, we will come back to this because it's not going to end, especially with the Republicans barely in charge of the House of Representatives and fighting everything. But we do want to remind you that this uh, podcast is brought to you by our company, the Global Creative Community Branding and Marketing Academy, for all kinds of training and coaching for independent writers and creative and solo professionals. And you can find out more at our website, Team Owens. 313gcc.com. And we'll talk to you again soon. Yes, talk to you next week.